96.7 FM WTOB, you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep that paycheck. With you this morning, it's I'm Garrett Ray, and with us as always is Bryce Payne. And this morning, we are talking about mastering retirement cash flow and understanding income in retirement. How you doing, Bryce? I'm doing well, Garrett. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I uh, have to say it's, uh, it is this time of year that I start to get a little bit excited. We have finally had our first NFL preseason game, the lovely Hall of Fame game between the uh, New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. I uh, can't say that I particularly root for those teams. <laughs> um, but Two you know, stalwarts in the NFL system right now. <laughs> exactly. It, uh, you know, but it is actual professional uh, NFL football. And, you know, it just kind of is a reminder that the seasons are changing again. And, you know, when football's back on, something feels right with the world. So, so you No, know, that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, understanding our income or our cash flow in retirement, and it, it, it's a critical topic to discuss. I think everyone out there knows that, you know, at some point I am going to choose to retire and, and kind of hang the cleats up, so to speak, to use a football uh, analogy. And, you know, there's a couple questions that most people have uh, when they're kind of facing that time frame in their life when they know they're they're getting ready to retire and you know why is understanding income and retirement critical for someone one's financial stability and you know what could happen if i don't have a clear picture and you know a couple things you know jump at me at least initially here bryce and you know i think most people again in the back of their mind know it has to happen i think most of us know that there is social security to lean back on as you know a little bit of a safety net there but for a lot of folks uh, Social Security may not carry us, you know, completely over the goal line, to use another football analogy. And so how do we get from getting that regular paycheck day in and day out or, you know, uh, I guess week in, week out, month in, month out from our job and structuring our finances in such a way that we can have a reliable source of income? You know, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, let's ask the question, be serious about asking the question. Um, and reach out to some to some help, and, and lots of times that comes in the form of a financial planner uh, who can help walk you through the different account types that you have and help set up that pathway to get from one account into your checking account, which is what we use on a day-to-day basis for getting groceries and gas and that sort of thing, um, and help explain to you in kind of a linear methodology so that you can break it down and understand, okay, I've got you know, a different stream of money coming from this account into my banking account. Yes, I've got my social security check coming in and everything kind of ties together. And I think just having that recipe, if you will, of what accounts are eventually going to go from an investment standpoint into actual usable dollars mm. uh, can really help paint that picture. So what are some of your thoughts on that? That was just some of my initial thoughts when I was looking at that question this morning. Well, you know, Garrett, uh, before we jump into that that well-articulated uh, preface here for our subject, Understanding Income, do want to do a shout out to ah, uh, understanding indeed. all of the uh, men and women in uniform for uh, the, our stars and stripes out there, whether you're in the uh, Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the Space Force, uh, what else did I leave out there? The Army. Um, thank you uh, yeah. from Doug Garrett and myself. Uh, thank you for uh, putting on the uniform and putting yourself in harm's way at times. And thank you to your families for um, 
taking that extra step to doing what's right and sacrificing some of the time that you might have otherwise had as a family together because you're doing something uh, above and beyond the call of duty. So Garrett, thank you for your service. Doug, you're out there. Thank you for your service to three quarters of the people in my family. Thank you for your service as well. And everybody else out there, thank you for your service. We don't want to let that go uh, as eager as we are to get into our topics here at uh, Wealth Guardians. We don't want to let that uh, get a uh, overlooked in, in an episode here so as we Very do true. every every weekend morning thank you and there's that wealth guardian service salute so garrett you know you and i and any other financial planner at least those who are fiduciaries we live in a world of numbers oh yeah and it is ruled by numbers and day in and day out you and i are whether our faces our noses are in spreadsheets or <laughs> some kind of program software program yep. that is helping us figure out how is this client going to look next year, the year after that, the year after that in retirement? What steps do we need to take? What changes to their portfolio, to their drawdown strategy do we have to make so that they are paying as little in fees as possible, so that they are yep. taking as little risk as possible, so that they are paying Uncle Sam as little as possible, and getting that dollar that they've worked hard for yep. all their lives yep. to stretch for as long as possible. And uh, it, it comes down to understanding how the income numbers work, how the asset numbers work, and how the expense numbers work. Absolutely. And so we're focusing on today's uh, episode more around income, but that doesn't mean that you can't overlook the assets that you've already accumulated, because right. that comes into the calculation, and what your monthly or annual expenses are, and how sure. that comes into the calculation. But as far as numbers go, as far as income goes, there's different sources that we're gonna talk about through the rest of this segment here in the first half of the show on where your income can come from. Mm -hmm. And the first one that you mentioned is Social Security. Sure. Well, every, everyone's familiar with Social Security, but what they might not realize is that Social Security is only designed, at least, now this isn't saying this is the way it always works out. Sometimes it works out a little bit better. Sometimes it works out not quite as good, but it's designed in concept to only cover 40% of your income needs. Right, yeah, it's not supposed to be the full solution. <laughs> Now, agree. for some people, it is. Some people, you know, it is. Some people, they made a lot of money throughout the years, and they were diligent in saving, and, and they're frugal in, in their spending. So it does actually end up to be more than 40%. Mm -hmm. For some people out there, we've seen it where the husband and wife, we add up their Social Security together, and we look at their expenses. It's actually more than 100%. Yeah. But it's not designed to be that, and we right. wouldn't want to rely on it to be that. So you've got to have, or in most cases, you're going to have to have some other income exactly. from other sources besides Social Security that is going to supplement Social Security. And we're going to talk about the different types of income there is there. But uh, why is it critical to understand this? Well, you're going on a cross-country trip. And I don't know if you've done this, but I've traveled many times from Colorado out to Las Vegas in oh, yeah. a car. There are points in that trip where there is not a gas station <laughs> for a ways. That's true. And you've got to make sure that you, you've got to look at the... Uh, the dial there yep. on your tank and say, now that's not on E yet, but it's not on full either. Am I going to have enough space here? You do not want to get caught out there in the middle of nowhere without before you've come to that next uh, gas station. I would agree. And retirement planning and income planning is kind of like the same thing. You've got to make sure that you've got enough income to get you to the next stage, whether that is therefore turning on social security or maybe a pension turning on or some other source of income that you've got out there. So that's why it's really important is what could happen if you don't have enough income? Yeah. You're absolutely. leaning on your investments too early or maybe you're one of those people that doesn't have investments and yeah. it's got to be some form of income, not just the assets that you can lean on. So it is, it is a uh, really important. 
Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Garrett Ray and Bryce Payne. And in this episode, we're talking about understanding your income in retirement and why it's important. And uh, Garrett, uh, let's move on now to talking about some of the examples of different sources of income. Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, you had kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, the, I think there's some typical investment accounts that come to mind for, for a lot of people, whether that's in the form of a 401k or an IRA. Um, but there's others out there. There are still uh, folks out there who uh, have put in a lot of dedicated years of service to uh, some of these uh, established companies that still have pensions. So occasionally uh, when we're meeting with folks, they'll have a, a nice pension, whether that's a state pension or sometimes a federal pension. There are some private pensions still out there. Um, let's understand those different pension options. A lot of pensions typically have uh, two types of solutions, I'll call that. You can uh, opt to essentially annuitize that pension, where that simply means that you're going to get a steady income stream every month for the rest of your life, or sometimes it's a certain number of years. And then the other option that people are facing is they have a lump sum option. Yep. So sometimes people struggle with that decision. And we have different uh, ways of calculating outcomes um, and one's needs in retirement to decide which solution is the best for you. So if a pension is kind of part of your uh, potential options, uh, definitely give us a call. Bryce, there's a couple others uh, out there, though, that may be slightly less common. We have some people who still are landlords even in retirement. Right. That's a uh, common one, actually. Yep. yep. Um, typically, they kind of reach a point uh, or an age where they no longer want to be the landlord and have to deal with the maintenance and the upkeep. But at least for a period of their retirement, that could be a part. Uh, any others out there that come to mind for you? Well, just the different uh, the different investments that you might have and how you can draw income out of those. For mm. example, if uh, uh, your the equity portion of your portfolio is dividend oriented, oh uh, yeah, um, so then That's you can have one. dividend income. I know we've got a lot of clients who are really big on that and aren't mm -hmm. so much interested in growth types of equities, but they're more yep. interested in the dividend type of equities. But yeah, no, I think you hit on the big ones: your basic uh, qualified employer plans, whether yep. they're four hundred one ks or uh, TSP accounts those kind of things and then um, your your pensions whether they're a private pension yep. or a um, a federal or state pension those are uh, popular <clears throat> out there as well your passive income like rental income and then there's part-time work a lot of people just don't want to be you know you think oh part-time work somebody's working part-time in retirement that's because they have to there's a lot of people out there who just don't want to sit back and be retired exactly. so they find something yep. out there to do even if they didn't need the money it's yep. still another source of income for yep. them which can work out very well yeah. Well, uh, we're going to keep going on this topic here after our break. But uh, before we get into our break, uh, you know what we've got coming up here. And Garrett, you ready? I am ready. I believe this is the trivia question. This is the trivia question. All yeah. right. Okay. Garrett, what year were you born? 1985. All right. So I had originally designed this trivia question uh, because of something that recently happened for your dad. But I'm going to reverse the <laughs> trivia question here okay. because you're a little bit on the uh, on the younger side. Okay. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's Trivia Question of the Week. Garrett, on March 2nd, 1974, the United States Postal Service raised the rate of the first class postage stamp to 10 cents. Okay. From 8 cents to 10 cents. Okay. Now, on July 8th of this year, the United States Postal Service did another increase okay. of the postage stamp. What was it before they did this increase? And what is it now? Okay. I think that's funny because they no longer put the date, the the, yeah, the, the, the number, number on the yeah. on the stamp. They yeah. used to do that. They don't do that anymore because they're forever stamps. Yep. So that's a question to everybody out there. What was 
the amount before the uh, of a first class postage stamp a few weeks ago before July 8th and what is it now? Well, we're going to get to the answer to that on the other side of this break. This is Bryce Payne with me is Garrett Ray, the show's the Wealth Guardians helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 967 FM WTOB. 967 FM WTOB. You're listening to the Wealth Guardian show with Doug Ray helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Garrett Ray this week. And in this second segment, we're going to continue our conversation about understanding income in retirement. Now, before we get to our trivia question, I've got two questions for you. A, are you looking forward to your retirement? All right. Well, I know my listeners and I know your answer was yes to that. B, do you want to make sure that you're making the best financial decisions for your retirement? And I'm pretty sure I heard the answer out there is yes to that as well. Well, then I've got good news for you. I take that back. I've got great news for you. We here at the Wealth Guardians offer a no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your retirement plan, including a deep analysis of your assets, investment portfolio, insurance policies, your income needs, your risk tolerance, your risk exposure, your tax mitigation strategies, and even your legacy goals and the fees that you're currently paying. Our goal is simple. We want to help you lower your fees. We want to help you align your risk, and we want to help you improve your overall retirement picture so you can retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball is in your court. You have to give us a call. So here's how you do that. You pick up the phone and you dial these numbers in this order, 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug, Garrett, and myself today. I want to remind you, the markets are not going to wait for you. All right, let's go ahead and get to the answer of that trivia question and see if we stumped Garrett here. <laughs> so here we go. Garrett, are you ready? I think so. It's time to get Garrett's best guess for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. On March 2nd, 1974, the United States Postal Service raised the rate of the first class postage stamp from eight cents to 10 cents. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to July 8th, 2023, just a month ago. The first class postage stamp was a price and then they increased it to another price. Now it used to be very easy for us to yep. know what that increase was because was they didn't have there. they didn't have forever stamps. Now yep. they've got forever stamps, so they don't put the price on it anymore. <clears throat> and you would see when they increased it from eight cents to ten cents. And by the way, I remember that one as well um, in nineteen seventy four. Well, now we we just kind of I, I don't know what it is. So yep. here's, here's how in tune are you, Garrett, with what's going on in the world of oh. government expenses? Yeah, of the U.S. Postal Service. Um, <laughs> what was the price of the stamp before July 8th, and what yeah. is the price of it now? I will say that I purchased stamps recently, uh, first time in probably two years, and uh, I was shocked by the price, actually. Um, had no idea what I was actually paying, which is embarrassing to say. Um, I... <laughs> I'm going to say that it, the original price was a dollar and five cents and it went to a dollar 25 cents. There we go. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Garrett. In fact, uh, I, w I didn't think you'd be that far off, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty far off. There. <laughs> it's actually it was 63 cents. Is it that cheap? And then it went up to 66 cents. So they increased oh, it from wow. 63 okay. cents Fair to enough. 60 cents. Well, there you 66 go. cents. I was way off. A little bit off there, but that's okay because, <laughs> you know, it's 
it's also another reason that it's it's not as forefront in our uh, brains now as it used to be is yeah. because of email. You know, True. We, we don't, yep. uh, and so much of what we ship out is now packages. Exactly. If, if it's just That's, a letter, yeah. why are you sending out just a letter unless it's a birthday card? Exactly. So yeah, so it's it was sixty three cents, so now it's sixty six cents. So gar sorry, Garrett, you didn't make it this this time, but uh, you still have. A, I will say, you still have a pretty darn good track pretty good record. Track record yeah. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, <laughs> further along than Doug and I are in our percentage of uh, what we get right versus what we get wrong there. So there we go. next week, it'll be you doing one for me. There we All go. Right. So let's continue our conversation now on understanding income and retirement. Yeah. In the first segment, we were talking about uh, the different types of retirement income that there are. Yeah. And should you have uh, income from, well, that's what we're talking about now, is should you have income from a diversity of sources? Yeah. Or or is it okay to rely on on one source? So I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Okay. On this. Sure. If your source of income is a private source of income, mm -hmm. like a pension, mm -hmm. like if you're a landlord and you've got rental income, that's a private source of income. I would not want to see somebody's entire income in retirement be based on a private source like that mm -hmm. because there is some risk that goes along with that risk that is not associated with other types of income like a federal pension mm -hmm. or social security All right so i don't really see as long as your social security or your your um federal or state pension is enough mm -hmm. yeah okay i don't see a risk that is associated there too much um, that you are are taking and having that be the main or the only source of your income. Mm -hmm. But if it's a private source, yep. like a private pension, then I start to become concerned. What about what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, in an ideal world, we would have a little bit of diversity and a mix of income sources. Um, but depending on one's needs and expenses in retirement, it could be that one source is enough. I tend to agree with you that if it's a if it's a private pension in particular, uh, companies have been known, I, I guess it's not too terribly common, but they have known to uh, phase out their pension programs or, you know, that pension then gets acquired by kind of a, a different company or a different administrator and there's different terms associated with it. That can be a bit of a risk. If it's a, a landlord type situation, of course, there's always the risk of, you know, having uh, tenants that are not paying on time and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, there's also risk into owning the home itself. I mean, there, there is uh, property and casualty concerns out there when it comes to, you know, a, a fire in the, uh, in the building, that sort of thing, flooding, uh, not common, but it is certainly a risk. I mean, that's why we have insurance policies on our homes. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you. Ideally we would have a mix. Um, but really that all comes down to what your needs are and, um, the probability of that risk coming to, to fruition. Right. So. Right. As a well said there, Garrett. So that is uh, a little bit of risk if, if your source of income in retirement is just one source. Yep. Maybe it's a good idea to spread that out a little bit. Of course, everyone is different and uh, everyone's situation is different. So I don't want to give that out as blanket advice over the radio. You should not just be relying <laughs> on one source of income. Well, no, a lot of people do. And so that's okay in certain circumstances. Yep. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Garrett Ray and Bryce Payne. And uh, this week we are talking about understanding your income in retirement. So we just covered there uh, having a diversity of mm -hmm. sources. Let's talk now, Garrett, about breaking down income in retirement into two types of sources, guaranteed income okay. versus non-guaranteed income. Let's give an example of one or two examples of both of those. Yeah, I mean, I think for guaranteed income, I mean, the immediate one that comes to mind is, again, Social Security. Um, you know, it, it 
you know, they, they may make changes to the social security, uh, program for those of us in the, in the younger generations, as far as, you know, what age you can access your benefits, that sort of thing. Um, they've already, you know, they've done that in the past. The, the age for, uh, full retirement age used to be age 65 and they've increased that to 66 and 67, depending on when you're born now. They'll certainly uh, change it again. I don't see why they would change it again, but I think the the tenants of the program itself are going to remain. So I would I would consider that a guaranteed source of income. Right. Non guaranteed, uh, we touched a little bit on it. A private pension. Um, you know, there are varying degrees of uh, risk that go into any sort of investment account. So we need to understand um, if we if we're drawing income from a four hundred one k or an IRA, what is the risk, particularly market risk, uh, associated with the investments that are underlying that income stream. Um, typically, uh, when we're in retirement, we would like to de-risk the portfolio as much as reasonable. Right. Um, of, of course, we still want to get a reasonable rate of return, but um, if the market were to do something we don't like, uh, could that impact our income stream in the future? It certainly could, depending on uh, what your portfolio risk looked like. So I would consider that a, a, you know, a risk that needs to be mitigated as far as that income stream is concerned. No question about it. Yeah, that's, that's a good... Uh a good debriefing for us there on the two different main types of income that you've got guaranteed and non-guaranteed income. Mm -hmm. It's good to have a little bit of both of those. Another one that I would mention in there is for somebody who's working in retirement part-time. That's another source of income that is not guaranteed. Um, Sure. So you want to make sure that you are not relying on part-time work in, in retirement as one of your sources of income. Let's see that we've got some other sources out there as well. And you know, the way that you would guarantee that, or at least look at it and understand your various sources of income in retirement is to sit down with a financial professional and go over what are your expenses in retirement? What are the assets that you've already accumulated in retirement? What are the sources of income that you're going to have in retirement? Can we expand those? Which ones are guaranteed? Which ones aren't? Which ones can we rely on? Which ones should we kind of put an asterisk by that they might not be there? Right. And how do those stack up against our expenses, particularly when we adjust it for inflation? Mm-hmm. Are income sources going to increase? If you've got a federal pension, it increases. If you've got a state pension, it increases. If you have a private pension, it does not increase. Yeah. So you Almost ha- never. Yeah. You have to make sure that you are taking all of these different assumptions for the next 5, 10, 20 years in retirement and making sure that you've put in those proper calculations so that you're not in for an ugly surprise when you turn 85 or 90 and you thought you had enough money to last or you thought you'd have enough income to last. Oh gosh, I didn't plan on inflation being at (laughs) 3.4% a year for the next 20 years. And now I'm using up 5% of the principal of my investments when I thought I'd only be using up 1% of the principal of my investments every year. No, you have to take all that into consideration. And the way that you do that is you have a customized paycheck plan. And what is that? What is a customized paycheck plan? Well, it is a blueprint that details your portfolio allocation. It details your drawdown strategy, your social security filing strategy, your risk analysis, and your tax mitigation strategy for the next 30 years. If you can do that on your own and you're confident in your calculations, great, then go ahead and do it. Garrett, you were a a civil engineer Mm -hmm. before you joined the forces of the financial engineers. Would you have (laughs) known how to do your own uh, financial plan? Uh, even being an engineer, being somebody yep. who's numbers oriented, um, before joining this field, I yeah, would say no, probably no, not. No, you you wouldn't. I mean, not typically. Engineering school is great for many things, but uh, talk about finances, not so much. Right. Yeah. So you you want to make sure that you're sitting down with a financial professional, and I'd encourage you to call us at the Wealth Guardians. We are financial professionals. We are retirement specialists, and most importantly, we are fiduciaries. 
And the number to call us is 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. If you want to sit down with Garrett, myself, and Doug, there is no cost or obligation to do that, but you do have to give us a call. You can also reach out to us at our website, thewealthguardians.com, and sit down with us and see what we, uh, what thoughts we have on what your financial plan looks like and how it might be able to be improved. Wouldn't you rather do that now than later? I mean, that's my question to you. Closing out this weekend's show, wouldn't you rather know that you're on the right path now rather than later? All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we've got this week. Thank you for joining us. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne, along with Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And remember, sound financial plans do not create themselves. This is 96.7 FM, WTOB.